You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Women of Tomorrow podcast. This is our holiday episode. We do not have a holiday song on this album, but Laura, this is where you chime in. (laughs) But we do have a recording of me, Eden Espinosa, and Gavin Creel singing Carol of the Bells on the streets of New York City. So here is Carol of the Bells. Enjoy. Hark how the bells Sweet silver bells All seem to say Throw cares away Christmas is here Bringing good cheer To young and old Meek and the bold Ding dong ding dong That is their song With joyful ring All caroling One seems to hear Words of good cheer From everywhere Filling the air Daily they ring While people sing Songs of good cheer Christmas is here has nothing to do with women at all. I <laughs> thought it was nice because two women were singing it. Listen, I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. Um, so here we are. We're, it's Christmas time is upon us. And I think it's an interesting time for women, which is why we wanted to have this conversation for the holidays. Do you actually want to start us off? I like how you're starting this right now. I also think because we've talked about this in the past, women influence 80% of the purchase decisions. Yes. And so that means Christmas time, this is women's time to shine. (laughs) And it's, it's a hard Christmas this year. We're coming out of a pandemic. There's been a lot of loss. And I think we all need to kind of take a deep breath and be there for each other in a way that we never have before. So how do we do that? Well, We give gifts, we give love, we send a card, we hand make something. All of those things are a gift of 
your time and your attention. And that's how we feel love. So we wanted to share with you different ideas this holiday season to send love and spread love. <laughs> There's a lot of activity going on. There's a lot on of activity going right on, which is nice because it's the holidays and everyone is home. So if you hear a baby screaming in the background, know that we are legit. We are not in some studio somewhere. We're not sipping pina coladas on a yacht. Of we what are. we wish we were. Oh, you know, what's interesting is you say, so... Um, 70 to 80 of all purchase decisions, consumer decisions are made by women. So when it comes to our economy during Christmas, it is heavily relying upon women to determine whether or not it will be successful. And here's great ways where women can make purchase decisions that can have a bigger impact on small businesses, on women-owned businesses, on charities that are doing the most altruism. There's this really interesting thing. Um, it's called effective altruism. And there's certain charities that you can donate to that actually do way more good and help way more people. And not just like 10 times the amount or a hundred times the amount, but like a hundred thousand times more help <laughs> like which ones? per your dollar. So there's a malaria charity. All of these charities are available under this amazing site called giving what we can. We're going to put that in our notes for this episode and you can go on there and it's a list of all of the most effective charities. Um, there's also some really cool things for people that like to still give a tangible gift. Like I'm a big gift card giver because I want people to get what they want, but I don't want them to just open an empty card. Like since I was a kid, an empty card just means cash an empty. Well, no, for me, I'm like, it means freedom. But that's not empty. That's oh, empty. Oh. I'm just saying, if you got in a card and then someone wrote you a lovely note in it, and you're like, thanks, but there's nothing. Did you forget <laughs> you <know>? something? Yeah. <laughs> I always feel that way. So there's these cool gift cards, actually, that are for different charities. And then when you give that gift to somebody, they can choose the charity that they wanted to give the money to. So it still feels like you're giving them a tangible gift, and then they get to choose from like five or six different charities. So it's cool. If you don't like these ideas, <laughs> I've got more for you. <laughs> Please. There's one business that's really near and dear to my heart because my girlfriend Candace runs it and she runs it out of her house and she's amazing. It's called the Skin and Spirit Store. And she had really bad skin for years and was spending a ton of money on a million products. And so she created this stuff herself. It's amazing. It's been around now for a few years. It's the best stuff like I've ever used. And it's all handmade. It's in glass bottles. So there's no plastic that seeps in. It's all crystal charged. So it's really thoughtful. That's why it's skin and spirit. And you'd be helping a woman owned business that's still very mom and pop. And it's great quality. It also lasts forever, which you get a lot of bang for your buck. So that's actually what I got all of my girlfriends this year is I got them the sample sizes of her stuff because if I got them the real sizes, they wouldn't reorder for a year. <laughs> <laughs> right. So help the business because you've, you've hooked a, you, you've hooked a friend. Right. Exactly. Well, I think too, it's like to that, what things do you need to buy this year? And can you buy things by supporting local businesses? Like is there a restaurant that's doing takeout that could like really use uh, some love and you could get a gift card for that restaurant? Um, is there something that you're purchasing on Amazon that you can 
purchase directly purchase directly from the small business. From a small lot of business. times I use Amazon just for a search engine and I find the product that I want and then I research who makes it. And if it's a local owned ethical business, I try to buy it directly from them so I can help keep them afloat, especially right now when I think those are the businesses that are being hit the hardest. How do you compete with big companies like Amazon? So and, and most of the time a small business is is not in a mall, right? It's like in a strip or it's a downtown. And so when it comes to like COVID safety, you're really, you're not putting yourself inside the incubator. You're coming from the outside going in, or maybe you can like, maybe there's a website you could figure out what you want in advance. Oh, I know that store, that store is downtown. Maybe they've got a site. You can check out what you want. You can call, you can put it on hold. You can go in, you can grab it and you can go. And you don't have to spend a lot of time and, you know, when it comes to having safety. But if you are buying from Amazon, um, because it is sometimes easier that way when you can't be with family and it's free shipping and stuff, I know for me that I've had to rely upon that. You can do a couple of things. You can have a percentage of the purchases that you're making go to the charity of your choice, or there are Amazon wish lists out there that benefit specific organizations um, or groups of people. So there is an Amazon wish list that supports people who've been laid off during COVID for incarcerated women to get gifts for their children, for the Downtown Women's Center in LA, for women that are homeless and need shelter, many of whom are coming from abusive relationships and situations that make it very difficult for them and their families. So these are all things that you can do that, well, you know, while you're, while you're perusing Amazon for whatever gift that you need to get someone, hopefully in some way that we're all uh, making a positive difference this year. It has been a quite difficult year for many of us, and, um, but we still have a lot to be grateful for. So every year I always get gifts from people that I work with. Um, you know, to say thank you for uh, all you've done for me in this last year and our great partnership. And so last year I did Bomba socks. Um, the year before that, I think I did Kentucky bourbon because I'm from Kentucky. Um, but this year, um, seeing as this is been a difficult year for us, I I tried to be more thoughtful in my approach. So granted. I'm not getting anyone anything physical, but I am making a donation in their honor to an organization called This Is About Humanity. And This Is About Humanity is a community dedicated to raising awareness about separated and reunified families and children at the border. This issue, for me as a mom, um, I actually don't think there would be anything worse to happen to me than being separated from my child and not being able to get back to my child and wondering if they were okay, um, how they were being treated, if they were safe, if they were warm, clothed, fed, um, being abused, whatever. This is an issue that I really care about, and I'm kind of surprised that people aren't doing more about it in fact, I feel like I just want to scream off my balcony and be like, how could you have a good day if, you know, children and parents aren't together? How could you not be doing everything? Um, and that's, that's uh, so this is the issue that is really um, sort of 
screaming inside of me. And, um, and that's what I'm doing this year. So if you want to check them out, um, this is about humanity will also be in our show notes and, um, they actually have a shop on their website. So not only can you make a donation in someone's honor, but you can purchase a bag, you can get a necklace, you can get a sweatshirt, you can get um, like a guitar strap, you can get a purse strap, you could get a wellness journal, you could get a candle. And um, they even have a um, a vape with like infused with (laughs) like you can get cannabis you can even you can even get some weed in a vape um as a gift and 15 percent of the profits will be donated to this organization um so it's it's really cool um that you can actually purchase gifts that where these companies are giving directly back to this is about humanity so that we can help to uh reunify some of these children. The other things that they do is that they provide a range of projects and services, including educational bus bus trips to the border to people like you and me um, who don't necessarily know about the issue. They make uh, donations to legal services. They do construction projects at shelters, and they provide material goods for unaccompanied minors. So this is a really amazing organization if you can um, and you're interested in checking them out. And if you're globally conscious, there's also a lot of really cool things you can do. So sometimes even donating to the best global charity and putting all of your money into it is very helpful, but it's not as helpful as buying personal items that really help climate change. And and one of those is owning an electric car and some are, you know, getting solar panels and some are as small as deciding to change your diet and choosing to only have meat a couple times a week or not have meat at all. So there's a lot of really interesting things that you could do. And there's a really cool company called the Girlfriend Collective. And this company makes exercise gear out of recycled plastic. And they also use um, cuprous. And then that's a fabric that's made from cotton fiber waste from the fashion industry. So they're zero waste, zero emissions facility. They don't send you anything in plastic. And they're awesome. And it's also women-owned. And these are just some examples of the numerous businesses that are doing good for the environment, that are doing good ethically for people that maybe also have charitable contributions. A lot of um, businesses now are giving a portion of their profits to different charities. So so it's called 1% for the planet. And a lot of local, a lot of small businesses will opt to do this. And what it does is it gives 1% of all of their sales to environmental environmental charities. So then if you're buying from them, Luna and Rose is one of them and they make really cool um, jewelry and stuff. But if you're buying from these companies and you know at least 1% is going to a really reputable charity. So. Right. Well, it's cool if you know that what you're purchasing for other people, you're also able to give back at the same time. And this is one of those years that I think from a mom perspective... I guess you want your kids to have the best holiday ever, but there's not going to be any holiday parties and not necessarily being able to hang out with their friends. So I think there's like this feeling of overcompensation, right? But what can you, um, but how can you focus on things that are important and good for them and getting them away from screens and, um, and, and having activities that like activate them in some kind of way, but also buying from places that are doing good in the world and making positive change and uh like whether it's for the environment or for women um or they just are 
socially conscious and small children aren't making the gifts for your children this Christmas. <laughs> I think one gift that COVID has given us is the gift, a lot of us, the gift of time and being able to be really present. And a lot of times small kids really just want your time and attention. So you can open a lot of gifts, but there's this thing called hedonic adaptation. You get something, it gives you a little bit of a surge, and then it normalizes really quickly. And I think you see kids with a mountain of presents as they unwrap them, and it's like the first few, there's all of this excitement, and then it sort of turns into a chore, and then there's kind of an overstimulation of, I have all of this stuff. Right. And it's interesting because I find that being generous and giving something to someone, the happiness lasts a little bit longer. And so maybe this is a really nice time to kind of teach kids. Unfortunately, we can't be around people because I love taking like my nieces and nephews to like different shelters and getting to see people that have less or, you know, meals on wheels. Um, but maybe, maybe it's about watching videos. Like you had that really cute story earlier today, Laura and I were on a walk. She was telling me a story about having a slumber party and there was like nothing on television. So you watched. Oh, I was eight years old. And uh, I had a slumber party. And at that time, you know, it was like, yeah, there was like four or five networks. And um, there was like a 60-minute special uh, on these starving children from Ethiopia. And it burned in my, mo in my memory for the rest of my life were small children in these outdoor cages splashing around in their own urine. And it was striking contrast to <laughs> the situation I was in with my friends, comfortable, sitting on pillows, watching this. And all my friends were, like, they were, they were watching it. Like, we weren't trying to find something else. We were just watching this thing. And I, I believe it made a strong impression on all of us. We were all like, what do we do? How do we, how do we help this situation? They're starving. And when you're aware of your privilege, you kind of look around at your things differently. And there's in stoicism, it's about happiness is about wanting what you already have. Like, how do we do that? How do we trick our brains to still want what we already have? Sometimes I imagine I like drop my phone in water and it doesn't work. And then the next time I use my phone, I'm like, oh my God, yes, I didn't lose all my contacts. And I have this deep appreciation instead of being frustrated that my phone is going slow or whatever. So Shay is doing this thing, stoicism. Yes. Yes. Where she imagines these horrible scenarios, like they're nightmare, bad dreams, like dropping her phone in a toilet. Yes. And then she's filled with this surge of relief and gratitude for the fact that it actually didn't happen. But I actually, I think it's interesting. I mean, I, I've, I've actually done it accidentally a couple times, mm -hmm. but it is true. Like you think about how fortunate that we are. I think a lot about how fortunate I am that my child is healthy and how terrified I was during pregnancy that something was going to be wrong with him. And I kept thinking throughout the entire pregnancy, this whole process is a miracle. It will be a miracle if he's healthy. And that's all I want. Um, and, you know, I was like, you know, 38 years old having a child. So I was also at risk. And, um, it was just so miraculous to me. And I was definitely living in that place of gratitude and just 
uh, full amazement when he was born and healthy and breathing. And, you know, as a mom now, when you're like, oh my God, he's screaming and I'm running around and, you know, he's like, he, he's so needy or, or, or I can't get anything done or whatever. And then I just keep going back to the fact of it's a miracle that he has all 10 fingers and all 10 toes and he's, he functions the way he does. It's a miracle. So I remind myself of that a lot in that yes, way. Yes, that's exactly stoicism. So you are also <laughs> practicing this. I think it's funny too, because I mean, there's so much to be grateful for. You know, 80% of your income is dependent on the place that you were born. So there's a story that I think, especially in America, we like to tell ourselves of this self-made man, the myth of the self-made man, the pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And if I can work this hard, you can work this hard and do it too. But try saying that to somebody who lives in Bangladesh or, you know, and that works so hard their whole lives. It's like, it really isn't so many things have to work in your favor for your success. So to be, um, to have a lot of gratitude, to be very charitable, to recognize that it takes a whole community for you to be successful. It takes a village. It takes a system that you never had anything to, to do with of government and one door opening that you don't realize is opening. And that's making the other door open. And those were all opened by people. And you being born at this time right. and not 100 years ago. So right, exactly. for your skill set and, and everything. So I think the more we are aware of that, the more we can really self-actualize. And I think with self-actualization for me, I've realized that it's really less about me and it's more about the, you know, the person that I want to be is somebody that is there for other people, that helps other people, that is grateful for what I have, that appreciates when other people do something for me and then want to give back to that. In COVID, I've, I've sort of had my heart extend to people that aren't even my family and realize that as human beings, we're more alike than we're different. And there's many times where you can feel this sense of other, but this is something that globally we've all had to face. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we've all struggled with and we can all kind of bond together over the severity levels change for sure, but I think we, it's a really nice time for empathy. And so hopefully this Christmas season, we find it in our hearts to reach out in deeper ways than we ever have before. Even if it's a really heartfelt letter, it can even be an empty letter <laughs> that doesn't have cash in it. Um, I actually think, I got to tell you, I do appreciate a letter and it doesn't need to be handwritten because I don't like handwriting. I like typing better and I think much better when I just flow on the keys. So you don't need to handwrite it for me. But I really like a letter. I think some of the most meaningful gifts that I ever gave my dad or my grandparents were just letting them know that I love them. And, um, and like actually listing the things that I appreciated about them. And, you know, I get emotional about it because they're not here anymore. But I also think this was a really good time to remember that it's important to let people know what they are to you and to let people know how much you love them all the time. It's so easy to just go, hey, there's a sell on sale at Macy's on polo shirts. And because I've always gotten this person a polo shirt I'm going to get them a polo shirt again when really what that person actually probably needs 
is a is a nice, thoughtful. I was just about to say handwritten letter, typed um, <laughs> up, up with your hands letter that you could just email it for God's sake. Um, but you know anything like that? I I think that personal stuff is really what it's about. We 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 give gifts to other people out of showing them our love and appreciation for them, mm-hmm. and. And somehow, you know, you. I remember reading Laura Ingalls Wilder growing up. I don't know if you did. And she's like, she got a ball of yarn and an apple for Christmas. And it was the best year of, you know, year Christmas she'd ever had. Uh, two sticks and a little ball or something. And you're like, that, that's, not, that's not the Christmas I had. You know, there was like, you know, three dolls, five Barbies and a, a, the equivalent of a 1990 iPad. Um, or a wa- you know a disc Walkman or whatever it was that a boombox, but it was always extravagant. And I remember like the stress my parents would feel around Christmas time and having to pay for that the next year when I didn't need all that and getting into debt for it. We have a lot of people that get into debt and it takes a year or longer to pay it off because there's a pressure to get the an, a certain amount of things and more and more. And that's me showing you my love when really I feel like the attention is more important. And the more you're in debt, the less likely you'll have the time to spend with your kids because you'll have to work more to get yourself out of debt. So I think we're in sort of a vicious cycle. Yeah, that's how we um, exchange love and, and our consumerism. And I think we come by it really honestly. We've been taught to be consumers since we were little and we're infiltrated with, I just need this, these five things to be happy. And then you get those five things. And it's like, well, if I just had these, these 10 other more. <laughs> and so it is a vicious cycle. So it's also nice to have compassion for each other as to why we do these things. Another thing that this has brought to my mind is I hope everyone can be a little more conscious that is doing well during this pandemic. And I'm happy for people that have been able to keep their jobs or be able to keep making good money. But being conscious of what you decide to post on social media in a time where people are really struggling, Mm -hmm. a lot of people are hungry, a lot of people are on the brink of homelessness, some people are experiencing Mm -hmm. homelessness. And so just to be a little more conscious before you post a photo of you with extravagant things, maybe Mm -hmm. take a beat because I don't think these people are monsters, but it's a monstrous act to right. eat in front of a hungry person, you know? So I think just taking a little bit of space from feeling like we need to always have this highlight reel going and and really making our impulse to make life better for others, having that be the impulse. Right, right. And and I think even kind of lightening up the own pressure, your your own pressure of making that highlight reel. I mean, I have such a desire to completely disconnect from social media during the holidays because I just want to be present and spend time with family and not be distracted. And definitely as a person whose career is sort of connected and intertwined with social media, there is that extra added bit of press pressure about posting or this and that. And uh, I have such a love and hate relationship with social media Um, because sometimes I love it and I feel like it's a way to connect and it's a great way to let people know what's going on and hey, 
here's our podcast or hey, here's here's a song that's out or um, and globalization. It's so cool. You can have friends from different backgrounds, yeah. from different cultures, from different worlds, and you can see people as humans. So there's right. good yeah, also there are, dark yeah. and you have the, the other side is like, oh, they've shown me that shirt for the third time in this Instagram and I must have it. Or, wow, it's really nice that those people get to be with their mom for Christmas and I can't, you know, or that I'm rubbing in that I can, you know. So it's like, it, this year is a hard year. I think we do really need to be conscious of, uh, of that type of posting yeah. for sure. And I think we should start with- Cut to me posting a huge feast at Christmas <laughs> and all the toys I got. And all the diamonds. <laughs> diamonds, everybody. Diamonds. Um, I think one fun thing that I always love about the holidays is I love a New Year's resolution. And I know that's a little basic, but I'm really into it. And a couple years ago, I did one that I've now done ever since. I've made a couple- um, I've slipped up a couple times. I want to call it a slip up. I, okay, let, first, let me explain to you what my resolution is because I'm I'm going to make this confusing. So my resolution a couple years ago was I'm not going to buy any new clothing for a year. I can only buy secondhand except for underwear and socks. Okay, yeah. That's disgusting. <laughs> so I did it. I thought it would be really hard. It was really easy and it was really fun. Like I... I left no goodwill undetected. I <laughs> and I found that I um, I stopped having that consumer pressure when I would see ads pop up on my Instagram and stuff. It was more like looking at art because I knew that I had made this decision to not do it for a year and I didn't even feel pressure. I could go into stores and be like, this is just a museum. I'm just appreciating the art because I don't need any of these things. And it gave me a really nice separation from feeling like I need these things um, to add to my identity, to feel worthy of love. Cause that's really a big reason we do that. And I liked it so much. And I liked that it reduced my global footprint. I liked that I wasn't buying things from, you know, fast fashion where there's children that aren't being paid that are working slave labor there's women adults families there's you know like sex trafficking going on exactly it's dangerous and, and so i'm like you know to to save an extra 10 bucks on that top i don't need i don't need to do that i can buy secondhand i can find cooler pieces and so now it's been two years and i give myself a, a week in january to buy a few things that i maybe have been looking at for the year so like i'll write a few pieces down that are new and then i'll give myself the time to marinate go do i do i really need that do i really love it and if i do at the end of the year then i'll buy it so it's been really fun and cool and i'm excited each year about like what my new revisions are going to be on my resolution i love that so much when you I loved that you did that. And in fact, that and I went to this conference called Yellow, which is an all-female conference. And there were amazing uh, companies there that were doing the opposite of fa fast fashion. And in fact, were, were paying a fair wage to women all over the world. They were contributing to um, conscious, thoughtful goals like the environment or... Um, education, mostly education for women and children, things like that. I found like, I, so I made, I told you I made that decision and I didn't buy any fast fashion, um, except <laughs> this one 
pair of pants from H&M <laughs> that I was like, I, these are my pants that fit my body the best. I'm going to just go in. And I did. I went in. On a mission. I, on a mission. I grabbed those pants and that was it. Because the other times I've gone at H&M, I'm like, and I think I need this top. Oh, that's cute. Oh, how much is that? Oh, that's on sale. Okay. And I'm leaving with like both hands full of crap. So it was good for me too, because also it like made me really think about the things that I wanted and it made me shop in stores that were ethical. I also, H&M is coming around, right? They've, they've made a lot of big changes and I like looked into to all of that. I think there's, there's something like total, totally ethical and sustainable by a certain year. Because no. people are holding big business <laughs> accountable and that is incredible and we should always hold people accountable. So people are coming around and there's also like, there is like a section at H&M that is like the sustainable section. So, um, but so I stopped going to certain places that were fast fashion and I would look at other, these other places. Well, the price point was a little higher, but now when I wear that blouse, I got where the price point was just a little higher. I like love and appreciate it. I didn't get two or three or five cheap, cheaper blouses, and I don't even care about them. When I wear the other one, I'm like, oh, it's special. <laughs> like, it cost more. It took more of me to get it, and it's helping. It just, it's just a different feeling. That's how I feel about my vintage finds. I'm like, I had to dig for this. I had to be at the right place at the right time. It was meant to be mine. And I have a different emotional attachment. So and they're always cute, I got to say. Shay is always looking adorable. And the vintage is like makes her style that much more interesting. And I'm pretty much pretty sure that her vintage finds and her way of thinking completely costumed our music video that we just did. <laughs> you help too. You also have really great vintage looks. Here are some amazing companies that have ethical design and production choices. Parker Clay, they do bags, um, purses, beautiful, like gorgeous. Um, the products are made with premium Ethiopian materials and designed in California. Um, and they use a production facility in Ethiopia where they provide over 100 jobs for artisans that offer an avenue to support themselves and their families and represent social standing and economic stability and a chance to invest in building a better life. So this is an amazing company. And there's also a company called Able. Um, it's a local and global. It's an ethical fashion brand that employs and empowers women as a solution to end poverty. And they're devoted to quality, both in products and making the quality of life better for women. So they invest in, train, and educate women so they can earn a living, break the cycle of poverty, and thrive. So it's pretty cool. Um, Abel's pretty amazing. I have one too. It's called The Little Market. It's a nonprofit. It was founded by women and it empowers female artisans from all around the world and it supports survivors of trafficking and abuse. And 
it gives these women that were really only being able to sell their textiles to tourists in different countries like Guatemala and Thailand and allows them an online marketplace. I think they even have brick and mortar stores now. So that's the little market. We have more and we'll have a full list of these in the podcast notes. So if you do want to find out about these places and you haven't written them down or you're in your car and you want to look them up later, don't worry. They're in the notes for this podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram and I will be posting about them too at Shay Shay Carter and at Laura Bell Bundy. We'll even add some that we haven't talked about on this episode. So there's something out there that will fit the needs of you and fit the needs of your family that's a little bit more conscious. We just wanted to give these businesses some love. There's another company called Nikki. They have organic undies for every day. Um, So they are natural fibers for your nethers. Mm -hmm. And um, they're going above and beyond with certified organic cotton. And they're guaranteed free from harmful toxins to you and your lady parts and the environment. And honestly, is there anything more important to protect than what your underwear covers? And your hoo-ha. It's true. So yeah, so we will have a list of these and some others in our show notes for places that you can do some last minute shopping. And, and, and maybe when you, when you, when you got those visa gift cards from your family members out of town that you can buy things from some of these amazing businesses. And if you have any businesses that you would like to share with us, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us and give us your favorite shops and stores that are empowering and ethical and good for us all. I hope you have a happy holiday. Thank you so much for listening. We've really enjoyed doing this podcast this year. Thanks for coming along for the ride. And we're going to have a great new year. Dinner's on the table, spider long as day. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.